0: good to be in the house of the Lord this morning, especially on Mother's Day. Amen. Well, let's pray and let's get into the word. Father, thank you for this day. It's the day you've made. It's today. We thank you for healing today. We thank you for mercy today. We thank you for grace today. Thank you for forgiveness today. We thank you for cleansing. We thank you that you are our today. And everything that we need and that we need for today comes from you. And so we bless you. We praise you. We honor you. We thank you for the word. May your grace and anointing be upon the word and may it do according to your good pleasure in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I said it once, I'll say it again. Happy Mother's Day. It's good to take a day of, to recognize, honor, and remember our mothers. Mothers play such a vital role in our lives. Proverbs eight says, my son... Hear the instruction of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother. See, fathers instruct, but moms lay down the law. Somebody said yes. They absolutely agree with it. Yes. That's right. I know in my house, that was for sure. And I know it's for sure for sure in Pastor Rick's house because Pastor Rick's mom used to say she didn't have to wait for the dad to get home, right? She laid down the law. Same thing in my house, yes. So do not forsake the instruction of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother. What's mom's law? Sit up straight. Don't pick at that, whether it's a scab, your nose, or or your brother or sister. Make your bed. Clean your room. Do your best. Be nice to others. And one of my favorite, stop crying, or I'll give you something to cry about. And the one that carries us through life is I love you no matter what. Mom's law. Thank you, moms. Mother sacrifice so much to make a family function. And it's hard to define motherhood. See, it's not one size fits all. Because motherhood, I, when I was putting the message together, I was like, oh, this is going to be easy. It's Mother's Day. I can put together a Mother's Day message. No, it was not. Because how do you really define a mom? Moms are indefinable. You cover a gamut. You're multifaceted. You do so much. And you're defined even by the word of God. God had to use so many mothers just to define what a mother does. And if you take a moment, I want to show you through this video this morning.
1: Motherhood plays an important role in the Bible. It binds the beginning and the end. These stories offer us a glimpse into the heart of God. And so we start at the beginning. Taken from the side of Adam, gifted with bringing forth life, the first woman was named Eve because she was the mother of all living. But she was also a mother in her own right, the first of many mothers to come. Though Sarah's womb was closed, God promised nations and kings would come from her. Ten years pass, and motherhood seems as impossible as the day it was promised. But the Lord is faithful to keep His promises, and Sarah bore a son who made her laugh. Leah was the firstborn, overlooked by her husband Jacob, who gave his heart to her younger sister. When the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb. Despite Jacob's disdain, she found her motherhood in the Lord. When Pharaoh became angry at the fruitfulness of the Hebrews, Jochebed sacrificed her motherhood for the sake of her son. When Pharaoh's daughter saw the child, she had compassion on him. Because of Jochebed's sacrificial motherhood, the Israelites found freedom. Naomi was a mother who experienced the loss of her sons, yet she gained a daughter in Ruth who declared, for where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people. Your God, my God. Naomi and Ruth became family by faith. Mary, a virgin and not yet married, was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. The motherhood of this blessed woman was more than the continuation of a family name, but a means for God to bring a Savior into the world to save his people from their sins. From the garden to the cross, there have always been mothers. These women paved the way for all women, representing the full spectrum of the ways one could be called mom. Whether a mother in faith, mentorship, adoption, or by birth, you play an important role in the stories of generations to come. To all the Sarah's, Leah's, Jochebed's, and Naomi's, happy Mother's Day.
0: Motherhood, it's not one size fits all. And God knew that, and he showed various types of mothers in the Bible. To God, a mother's role in the home is not to be taken lightly. I want to share two scriptures with you quickly that show this. The first one is in Exodus 20, verse 12, and it's one of the commandments. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you, And so God expects us, commands us, and values moms so much. Dads, we're next month, but today we're just going to focus on moms. That if we honor our mother and if we listen to our mother and we follow through with what's being said, there's long life guaranteed to us. So the longer we listen to our mom, the longer we live. Here's one that really got me. It's in Proverbs 30, verse 17. Again, saying that God seriously takes motherhood and listening to the authority that is placed over us. The eye that mocks his father and scorns obedience to his mother, the ravens of the valley will pick it out and the young, e- and the young eagles will eat it. That's sobering. And so if you want to live long, listen to your mother. Amen. Watch out how we treat our mothers because life depends on it. Today, I want to look at two special mothers in the Bible and their role in preserving life. If you will, join with me as we turn to Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Used to be years gone by, you would hear, you would hear paper going, not anymore, now it's all silent. So I'll hope that you're there and I'll begin to read Exodus chapter 2 starting in verse 1. Now there was a man from the house of Levi and he went and married a daughter of Levi. The woman conceived and bore a son and when she saw that he was beautiful she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer she got him a wicker basket and covered it over with tar and pitch. Then she put the child into it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to find out what would happen to him. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the Nile with her maidens walking alongside the Nile. And she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid and she brought it to her. When she opened it, she saw the child and behold, the boy was crying. She, she had pity on him and, she, and said, this is one of the Hebrew's children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go ahead. So the girl went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child away and nurse him for me and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. The child grew and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son and she named him Moses and said because I drew him out of the water. Now it came in those days when Moses had grown up that he went out to his brethren and looked and looked on their hard labors and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew one of his brethren. Now, what makes a mother so special and so important? Well, if if we're just reading what we read here in Exodus chapter 2, being a mother transcends your own name. If you notice here in Exodus chapter 2, the mother of Moses, her name was not mentioned. The daughter of Pharaoh, Her name was not mentioned. And so it was not their name that was important. It was what they did. It was their action that was important. And because their action of what they did, that's what preserved life, that's what became important, not their name. Moms, your name will always, your actions will always transcend your name. People will, your children will speak about what you've done not your name. They won't say, they won't say, hi, my mom's name was Teresa. Because nobody cares. But if I say to you, my mother did this, my mother did that, my mother raised me, my mother, she encouraged me, my mother, she disciplined me, my mother provided for me, my mother made sure of these things. We begin to tell of, and I'm going to tell in a little bit of what my mother's did for me see your name is your name but it's what you do for your children that has a lasting effect on their life and on the generations that are to come and so we see this in the life of Moses's mother and then the life of Pharaoh's daughter it wasn't their name that was important it's what they did that was important and so it is with mothers their the actions of these two women were more important than their names They saw a child in imminent danger and took action and responsibility. We see Moses' mother. She sees a child, and a child is beautiful. All mothers know that their child is beautiful. But it wasn't that the child was beautiful, it wasn't this, oh. It was that. She was able to see and to discern that there was something special about this child. It was as if she could behold this child and feel within her spirit God saying, Behold, I do a new thing. Do you not perceive it? And so she perceived that there was something different about this child. Now, there was a law in the land during the time of of Moses' birth that if a girl was born, the girl was allowed to live. But if, a, if, it, if the child was a boy or a male, the child was to be thrown into the river. That was the law of the land. So this mother sees that she has a male child, and this child is different, beautiful, special. All children are. But she discerned within her spirit that there was something about this child set apart and she protected the child. It says she hid the child for three months. How many know how difficult it must be to hide an infant child? Right? They're crying, they're hungry, they're this, that, they're wet, they're, they're, they're cranky, they're, they're all sorts of things. It's impossible to hide a child. So the mother, knowing that there was something different about this child, did the only thing she could think, I'll have to hide the child. Realizing that this was impossible, what she did next was make a basket, tar and pitch, put the child in it. Now here's the thing that's really amazing, okay? Again, mom, it's not your name, it's the actions that you do. So she placed the child in the basket and she lets the, the basket go in the river. Yes, among the reeds. Yes, in the Nile. Guess what's in the Nile? Crocodile Niles. That's right, so she's letting this child go, not realizing whether the child will make it or not. She put her faith and her trust in God that she let, let this child go. Right. Placing the child in the hands of God whatever the cost may be. See, it, what was important to this woman and what should be important to mothers is, is, is um, yes, we keep our child safe, but one of the things we need to begin to do in our generation is not raise safe children, but to raise strong children. See, a safe child joins a, a, a sport thing for participation to get a trophy, participation trophies. You don't come in first, you don't come in second, you don't come in third. Everybody gets the same trophy. Why? So we don't hurt anybody's feelings. That's raising a weak generation. Well, how do we know we've raised a weak generation? They went from participation trophy at a young age to now safe places in the college place spaces they went they it, we've raised children in such a way that they can't even handle words of different opinion right. they riot right. so we've raised a weak generation and because we 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 raised a weak generation we're a weak nation that's how vital <laughs> mom's actions are <clears throat> it's time for moms to let go and raise strong children. Children that fall, children that get hurt, children when we let them go to school, they experience all sorts of negativity without rescue. Negative words, rejection, oh, bullying. Oh, oh, oh my God, oh, my child's gonna be bullied. Yeah, your child's gonna be bullied. I get bullied at work. The world is full of bullies. Come on. We get so scared of bullying. Bullying makes people tough. Because you learn to stand your ground. You know, um, I grew up in in a foster home. Uh, My mom had, my my biological mom had mental health issues. And so she realized that she could not take care of me. So she did as Naomi's. Like, she did as Moses' mom did. She let me go. Here's the thing. We try to hold on to our children too tight. We have to be able to discern when to let go. Some children are let go at a very early age. But all of us moms, we need to let go of our children, and we need to let them experience life, even in all its brutality. We have to be able to let go. Now... I get to this ho- ha- home and blah, blah, blah. And my mom's, I, I grew up in Brooklyn. I, um, I was born in Jamaica, Queens. I'm part Jamaican. <laughs> Everything Irie. <laughs> I use that, believe me. But, so I'm, I'm in Brooklyn. And I, my, my mom sends me to the store. I was there fairly and new, and so she sends me to the store, and I'm coming back, and all of a sudden, I've told this story before. All of a sudden, these boys are pushing me back and forth, back and forth, and I've never experienced this before. So I'm, I'm holding on to the, to the groceries, and I'm getting pushed this way, that way, this way, that way. My mother opens the door. She says, put down the, ba- put down the groceries and fight. Wait, 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 I'm not done. Relax. And I'm scared, I'm shaking, I've never done this before. My mother says the second time, put down the groceries and fight. My mother says the third time, put down the groceries and fight or don't come home. She walks in the door and she closes it. Okay? I put down the groceries and I fought. Okay? Now, if my mother wanted to raise a safe child, a weak child, she would have ran out and rescued me. But because she wanted to raise a strong child, well, let me tell you, I was a skinny kid. If the sun was at my back, you can see my heartbeat. <laughs> All right? There was no toughness in me. But you ha- you're growing up in Brooklyn, you're growing up in the 60s and 70s, you gotta learn to be tough, guess what? You're gonna fight your way through school. You're gonna fight your way through the neighborhood. You might as well learn now. And I remember my mother saying to me, listen, You're going to get into fights. You're going to get picked on. You're going to have to, listen, you're not going to win fights. Look at you. She was honest. She said, but fight anyway. Let them know who you are. That was it. I come home, black eyes, bloody lip, torn shirts, things like that, because it was an easy target. Mother says, good, how'd it go? Not too good. That's all right. You made it home anyway. (laughs) Because we need to be able to raise tough children in this generation. And mom, it's your job to learn and to discern to let go and let God. The Bible tells us that the Lord goes with us wherever we go. He prepares the way before us. He's there in school with your child. The angels of the Lord encamp around those who fear him. You're not sending your child out into the world alone. The Lord is with them. He sends his angels to protect them. They surround your children. We have to be mothers of faith and understand, when I release my kid, I pray for my child, I bless my child, I speak the word of the Lord over my child, and then I trust them into the hands of the Lord who can keep them. And so we see that Naomi is a picture, a beautiful picture of motherhood. And there's no guarantee of when we let go. Some mothers have to let go of their children at a young age. But all of us mothers have to at one time discern and understand that it's time to let go. When it came time, one mother let go and let God. When it came time, one mother received And rescued. Being a mother is a hard job. Discerning when to let go. And when to rescue. Yes mothers. Discerning when to let go. And when to rescue. There's times when yes. We need to come alongside our children. And kind of rescue them. And give them encouragement. And nurture them. And love them. That's in you. That's not in a man. That's in a mom. God specifically gave the nurturing gift to a mother. And so there are times to nurture, but then there are times to let go and let God. And so Moses's mother is a picture of what it means to let go. What it means to put our children in the hands of God and let God let your child's destiny be God's destiny for our own children. So when, when letting go, what we're doing is we're saying, Lord, I trust you. The destiny that you've created in my child, that destiny is more important than anything else in this world. You created my child for a specific purpose, and I release them to fulfill their God-given destiny. And So being mother is a hard job. It was one woman's job to let go was another woman's job to rescue. Remember, mother, that you are a daughter of the king. Mother, you are a daughter of the king. And when you let go, he is faithful to guide your child in the right direction. I've said this to Isabella many times. God lent you to me. You were his first and God lent you to me and I am responsible to raise you to to speak speak into you, to give you a life that is a, a good life, a blessed life. But I still will stand before God and be accountable for how I raised you, how I spoke into your life, how I ministered the word of God to you, how I spoke about Jesus, how I let you go and experience the things of life. There's only to a certain point that we can do this. Then it's up to God to do the rest. Amen. And so motherhood is a hard job. Because we have to know when to let go. And when to rescue. Remember, mother, that you're a child of the king. And when you let go, he is faithful to guide your children in the right direction. Now, you may see with the natural eyes and say, but Pastor Mike, they're not going in the right direction because God gave them a free will. And they may be going in the wrong direction for a season. But between your prayers and God's faithfulness, there will come a turnaround. Just as the waters in the Nile were rough, so are the waters in society rough, and so we have to understand and realize that in the natural, sometimes we see things and we don't understand, and there's opposition, and there's uh, indoctrination, and there's all sorts of things uh, uh, against your child, and, and temptations, and peer pressure, and all sorts of things. And it seems like for the for the season, they're on the wrong road. Your God is faithful. You're a daughter of the King. Keep praying. Keep interceding. Keep telling God that you don't accept where they're at. And you keep telling them the same thing, you don't accept where they're at. And in time, there'll come a day when the prodigal will turn around, realize how good they had it, and they'll make their way home. Amen? Amen. 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 <clears throat> Being a mother takes courage and strength both then then And now, Moses' mother had to hide him in her home, then in a basket to protect him from danger. That took courage, and that took strength. To to recognize and to to discern and to perceive that your child is different, that your child is blessed, that your child is created for a purpose in God. To, To understand that this woman, to hide her child, took courage and strength. For the edict that was given out was that that child was supposed to be thrown into the river and die. So it took courage and strength to hide that child. It takes courage and strength in our, in our time, in our day, to raise our children. Pharaoh's daughter recognized who this child was. She said, this is one of the Hebrew Hebrews' children. It was her father that gave the edict that the child, that the Hebrew, male Hebrew children were to be thrown into the river. You wanna talk about strength and courage of of Pharaoh's daughter. She defied her father's edict and saved the child from destruction. That took courage and that took strength. Moms, it takes courage and strength to raise our child in a perverse and wicked generation. It takes courage and strength when, when the forces in our public schools and in our society want to confuse your children sexually. It takes courage and strength to stand with your child and, and, and to speak to your child about racism, about what's right, what's wrong, and that there is no oppressor and there is no oppressed. We all are same in the eyes of God, and we all deserve the same respect. So it takes courage. It takes courage for a, a mom to stand behind, a, 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 let's say, a pulpit, even though it's not a pulpit, and tell a school board that you have no right to my child. You have no right to perverse my child. You have no right to put books in in the library that are perverse and of nature that will confuse my child. You have no right to my child. My child was given to me by, by God. My child is mine, and I'll raise my child according to how I see fit and according to the word of God. Get your hands off my child. It takes courage to raise children in a perverse generation, but we have examples of what, it, of what it is and what mothers have gone through in biblical times and what mothers can glean from that in order to raise children in a perverse time as such as we're in. See, Pharaoh's daughter had to defy her father's unjust edict and preserve the child's life. Being a mother today takes strength and courage to defy the spirit of the age and rescue our children from its dangers. It's God who gives mothers the grace and strength to raise children in a perverse time. See, we have to defy the spirit of the age, and they may label you a domestic terrorist. So what? Ooh, that one hurts. They can label you all sorts of things, moms and dads. They can label you all they want. Those labels mean nothing. It depends on what God says about you. Do we stand in the gap? Do we raise our voice? Do we be the church and call wickedness, wickedness? Evil, evil, perversion, perversion. It takes a church to rise up and set na- and bring a nation back on course. It takes moms, it takes dads. But like I said, we're on moms today because you are special. And so it takes, and we see the example of two moms in the Bible. Yes, I said, moms, we're in New York. It takes two mothers to raise a child that God had ordained to bring the nation of Israel out. And so mothers stand in the gap Mothers, stand strong for your children. Mothers, raise strong children. It's God who gives mothers the grace and the strength to raise their children in perverse times. We're going to bring this in for a landing. A mother's job is to give their child their identity. It's a mother's job to give their child their identity. No one has a right to lay claim on your child's identity but you. Your child's a boy, he's a boy. Your child's a girl, she's a girl. No one has right to lay claim on the identity of your child. And so we see here that Moses' mother recognized the gift that was in him and set him out. The daughter of Pharaoh recognized that it was a Hebrew child, but came to rescue it and defied the edict of of her father because no one has to lay claim on a child but a mother. So today's mothers fight to protect their children. The child's, let me try that again. Today's mothers fight to protect their child's God-given identity. There is no confusion. The world may try to confuse, but mothers, it's you who speak over your child, and it's you who give your child the identity of who they are. You carried them for nine months. You birthed them. You name them. You, you, you nurse them. You wean them. You've clothed them. You've fed them. No one has the right to give them their identity but you. Moses' two mothers instilled in him his identity, that he was a Hebrew. As we see in verse 11, I'm going to read it and close with this. Now it came about in those days when Moses had grown up that he went out to his brethren and looked on their hard labors and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. When Moses' mother let Moses go, she received him back, and she, she nursed him, and she weaned him. So we understand that when she brought him back to live with Pharaoh's daughter in Pharaoh's house, he was, not, he was but a toddler. Now, I want to ask this question. How many of you remember being weaned as a child? No, it's not in our recollection. I don't have a diary of when I, was, when I was three years old that tell me today was my last day of, 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 of being breastfed and, and, and no more, my mom said no more today. I don't even have it written in crayon. It's not there because we don't remember it. So the responsibility to raise Moses now came, became Pharaoh's daughter's responsibility. And she raised him in such a way that she named him Moses because I took him out of the river. His name was so significant that there must have come a day when, she, when Moses said to her, what does my name mean? Moses, your name means I took you out of the river. Well, what does that mean? Moses, you're a Hebrew, not an Egyptian. And so she, she didn't hide him lie to him and tell him, you're an Egyptian, you're this, you're that. And she, she allowed him to be raised in the identity that he was. He was a Hebrew. It took great courage for a mom to do that and not confuse the child or lie to the child and tell the child, you're an Egyptian, you're, you're a prince, you're this, you're that. All the riches of the world are before you. She told him, no, you're related to the slaves. That when Moses grew up, And there came a day Moses identified with the slavery of his brethren because he was taught and raised by a woman who had wisdom and also knew how to let go. And because of that, because of the courage of two women, a nation was rescued by one man whom God had ordained. And blessed because of two women's courage and strength they were able to save a nation that God can use a man to perform miracles and deliver a nation and set up a nation and 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 from that nation came Israel and from the Jewish people came the Savior and from the Savior came redemption and from redemption came us today